0: Hi, I'm Dr. Marsha, and this is the Self-Care Chronicle. As a licensed psychologist, I know that I need to practice good self-care to maintain my mental wellness, but maintaining my self-care routine can be a struggle when things get hectic. So, I started reaching out to my peers to ask them about their experiences with self-care and I learned that many of my fellow mental health professionals have similar experiences. Join me each week as I connect with a fellow mental health professional to discuss the challenges of managing our own mental wellness in the midst of a pandemic, social unrest, increasing demand for our services, and a struggle to embrace a me-first ideology, which sometimes feels wrong to a helping professional. Welcome to the Self-Care Chronicle. And welcome, Dr. Tara Doty. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much, Dr. Marsha. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Let's jump right into it. My first question is, how did you decide to become a mental health professional? And once you decided to become a mental health professional, what was your journey to the area that you now specialize in, the work that you now do?
1: Absolutely. So I was introduced to the field of mental health through my work with parents. When I was in college, I actually started doing a parenting group when I was 19. um, And I was originally a biology major. And it was through this working with parents and the connection that we made, um, I began to think about the importance of relationships, seeing parenting as another relationship that people embark in or create and how it really is a continuation of other relationships, understanding that the primary relationship is the one that we have have with ourselves and every other relationship is subsequent. Um, or a reflection of that, and so that's how I got into the field of psychology, um, clinical psychology. Again, focusing on parents, and then what happened was that I began to take a specialized focus on parents of color, particularly African American or Black parents, and that then introduced me to racial equity work. with my With my focus on parents, I had a very specific population. I actually looked. I actually worked with parents who were impacted by substance abuse, and that introduced me to trauma, um, especially for many mothers. Um, And so taking those two things, trauma-informed care and racial equity, has gotten me to where we are now with the creation of Sage Wellness Group, which no longer just focuses on parents. That is one of our primary areas. However, we really support organizations in creating trainings and workshops and then implementing organizational strategy that speaks to um, utilizing a trauma-informed care framework to examine issues related to racial equity, mindfulness um, ethical concerns, emotional well-being, et cetera. Oh wow, so that's definitely not linear.
0: <laughs> it's really interesting. That's a that's a great trajectory. Can you talk a little bit about the most stressful thing about your job for you? What is the thing that is is the most stressful?
1: I think for me, the most stressful thing is ensuring. It's probably self care is ensuring that that I am taking the necessary precautions. Um, to create protected time of rest and refilling. Because um, in doing in doing racial equity work and doing trauma work, and let me just say this too, from my training is that you never have to tell me what your trauma was, right? Because, because it shows up, right? Trauma shows up and you can see it in relationships. You can see it in language. You can see it or hear it in self-talk and it comes out and so allowing, you know, I allow myself and, and I don't see clients, but just in holding space for those types of groups. Um, and so in holding that space, you are called to be present in a way that requires your full self, right? Like I can, I can craft the best training and someone says something or asks a question and it, it takes us 30 minutes to get back to that point. And, and I have to be with you that entire time. And so- um, the emotional toll it takes to be actively listening and actively thinking of, of what it is to say or, or actively holding space um, for people to sit in silence or sit with their discomfort or sit with one of, the, one of my taglines is that we're people first, professional second. And so to sit with the, the person before I sit in my role and hide behind the role is very taxing. And so as a result of that, your, my self-care has to be up here. But in the day to day, it's easy to get into meeting after meeting and meeting and, you know, especially after COVID because we went 100 percent virtual. And so I'm able to be in three different states in, in three hours, you know, and so so creating that time where I'm very mindful and cautious of energy that I allow in and um, very deliberate about what I need in order to to show up um, the best way that I can in, in those situations.
0: Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and I would imagine with, you know, as you said, with your schedule, the way it is, you're, you're very busy. But with every single thing that you do, you're going on a journey and you right. are there 100%, which makes it even more taxing. Mm-hmm. I know that you said you have to make sure that your self-care is way up there. But what is self-care for you? And how do you practice it? What are your go-to methods?
1: So self-care for me is also a journey because I am, you know, I'm learning like, oh, okay, this worked last week and it's not working so much this week. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I have incorporated just since COVID has been self-care of like touch. Uh COVID is COVID is something that has literally stopped us from closeness. And I've been looking at uh, social media, and they've been having memes of like DC before Corona, where we would be at concerts and festivals, and you're literally standing next to someone you don't know and high fiving at sports events, and and you know we're giving virtual hugs and elbow bumps, and um and that and you know touch is such a big connecting part. It connects not only just your body, but it has you know it activates parts of your brain. And so I'm um, just placing my hand over my heart and saying you know what I'm safe right now, or or rubbing my my arms and reminding myself that I can that I can create uh areas of security has been has been very big and and literally talking um COVID also I think COVID from a trauma-informed lens COVID is also something that has uh had a traumatic impact on many individuals even if you have not been well everyone has been personally impacted by even if you have not been personally impacted by the disease but you've just been impacted by the pandemic and so um so anxiety, you know, can I go here? Can I go here? Can I, you know, do this? Is something that even with my within myself noticing my thoughts and literally having to talk out loud to say, I can choose to think differently. Where where is my attention going at this moment? Or just acknowledging also. Where am I holding it within my body? Right. For me, I hold a lot of anxiety. I'll hold anxiety in my stomach or tension in my jaw. And so can I can I bring comfort there? So for me, it looks a lot like getting up early. I'm a big sunrise person and I'll go watch the sunrise. Um, I'll, I literally Google where's the best place to watch the sunrise and I'll, and I'll take myself there a few mornings when it's sunny I will do do some form of meditation where I'm able to be just present with my thoughts even if I'm not able to sit in stillness just being able to collect what it is that I need and writing those thoughts down getting them out of my mind and on paper being around I have, I'm a parent so spending time with my children for me is self-care at times sometimes it's triggering but sometimes it's, <laughs> yeah. self-care. it's self-care I'm just touching them and, and you know laughing with them. And also self-care for me has been picking my battles within, within myself. So I'm, I'm a person who's quarantined with other people. And so, you know, can our house be a little junky? Whereas before it's not because we'd be gone, but now we're, we're, you know, we're concentrated in this space. And so can I allow something to be on the floor or pick it up without, you know, creating an argument? Like that also is self-care. Can I, can I, energized love through this process versus, versus fear as well. So that, that has, that has been some activities in, in which uh, self-care has been very evident talking on the phone with, with, you know, girlfriends we've done, we've done like, I mean, when COVID first happened, zoom connect, connecting things. And that, I mean, before when, when everything was, was locked down, but but just doing activities that, that make me feel either close to myself or close to other people. And then having days where you no, know, I'm not doing anything, um, I'm not, a, you know, I am not a believer that self-care has to cost money. Um, we had a few days where it was like 60 degrees and I allow myself to sit outside for 15 minutes. I think our, our moments of self-care that that I am communicating with my body and with my spirit. I'm going to take some time. I'm going to take some deliberate time for, for you right now.
0: Okay, absolutely. And you talked a little bit about, you You talked about COVID having changed your self-care in terms mm-hmm. of the, the methods. Can you talk a little bit as well, and you, you started to mention this, but how COVID changed your practice, your ability to get the services to the people you serve?
1: Absolutely. So I remember March 13th, uh, 2020, I was doing a training um, in Pennsylvania in another state and the director came in and said, Dr. Doty, we are sending you home. We're shutting down everything. And like, oh, okay, I need to go get some toilet paper. And I, ran, <laughs> I, I ran to Target and the line was out the door and, and it was like, oh, this is this is happening like this is real. You know, I need to get home to my my family. Um, and um, and we literally went virtual overnight. And thankfully, we had some 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 familiarity with some platforms. And so we were able to reach out to our clients and say, you know, we can end with you. But we we had a standstill because for our clients, they were also figuring, no one was thinking, well, you know what we need right now? We need a training on, site, you know. And so slowly we began to focus on, okay, how is everyone responding? So um, I do a, a live on Facebook and YouTube called Dr. Tar Tuesdays. And I just began talking about managing your anxiety with what's going on. And so then agencies started to reach out and say, you know, we our employees are nervous. We need we need some support in this area. Is this is this something that you can support us with? And so we we pivoted to, to focus heavily now, still using that trauma-informed framework, but still heavily instead of talking about okay, this is what trauma is, talking about this is what COVID is doing and, and looking at the traumatic impact. And, and this is how you practice self-care during, uncertain, during these moments of uncertainty. How can you find some form of familiarity? With every ending, there's a new beginning. What, what can you begin in, the, in this moment of transition? Um, and so we were able to pivot. And then, of course, with the murder of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Ahmed Aubrey, we had a lot of requests to, to support staff of color, students of color around racial literacy and, and trauma. Like, I mean, just, just the trauma of, of seeing that. And that's something I still have not seen. But just the trauma of, of knowing that that exists and what it perpetuates and what it reinforces as far as your identity in society, too. And so we were able to to provide really intense process groups virtually. And so how do we create a safe space virtually? And so that was one of the things that we began to really focus on. um, So that even though that human connection physically wasn't there, it was still there emotional, that emotional support was still there.
0: And I think those are just really great resources to be able to provide to the community. And it Mm -hmm. sounds like, you know, all these things took place at a time that was obviously, COVID was inconvenient, but it also allowed you with that shift to be able to provide even more to the community. Absolutely. And, you know, speaking of COVID and the social injustice Mm -hmm. and just having to watch unarmed Black citizens be murdered in the streets for no reason or with Mm -hmm. very little provocation, having to watch things like the terror attack on the Capitol Mm -hmm. with people being sort
1: of held accountable but not <laughs> right. really it's a great area right mm-hmm. or even you know just in georgia two days ago with the white supremacist killing you know asian uh workers at at the massage yes, yes right you know mm-hmm.
0: in the right and in the increasing mm-hmm. in increasingly violent attacks right. on on asians and just all the things that we're seeing around us It's been a a really rough year, plus some of 2020. And then now 2021 seems to be sort of a not super, not super different. In fact, some Mm -hmm. aspects are getting worse. Can you talk a little bit about if and how watching all of those things impacted your own mental health as a Black Mm -hmm. mental health professional?
1: Yes. So my. So, yes, I will say I did not watch the murder of George Floyd. I did not listen to the tapes of Breonna Taylor or Watch the videos of Breonna Taylor. I I consciously choose not to watch trauma, especially given given that you're asked to support the healing of other people. However, the effects of those things are also very traumatic. And so so for me, I when when I can, I'd like to choose the trauma, right? I don't want. I'm not going to choose this if I have to and support this because because then I'm bringing my own trauma into the mix, and I'm not in the role of facilitator, right? Um, and so. I think this impacting the, your own mental health, it becomes very hard. James Baldwin made a quote saying, you know, to be black in America and to be somewhat conscious, to be in a state of rage all the time. And so... Finding myself angry, finding myself disconnected, um, finding my having somatic symptoms, having headaches, having difficulty sleeping, being fearful, being fearful of of traveling within within this country, you know, feeling like I need a green book. Can I go here? Can I you know, can I travel here? And so with that, making then the conscious decision that joy was going to be one of my forms of resistance, oftentimes when when you are taught who you are through the narrative of trauma. Joy seems like something that's out of reach for you, or something that's fleeting. You begin to question when the, when the other shoe is going to drop. And so, again, as a mom raising my children to experience joy and 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 showing them that they or telling them that they need that they that this is their birthright. This is something that they deserve. So that so that they're not internalizing racism. And, and that's something too. I think oftentimes. Um, what racism is designed to do is exhaust you, right, mentally and or physically. And so it teaches you either to power to it or become enraged by it, both of which are exhausting and and life-limiting, quantitatively or qualitatively. And so how then do you learn to navigate through it, Um, understanding that it's a system that can be studied and and seeing how it works and connects. and, And I still have like Oh my gosh, I didn't know it was so well connected with so many other things, but really making it a point to, to allow myself to experience joy during those, right. To, during those times, I began learning how to surf during COVID, during quarantine. Um, That's something I I wanted to do and, you know, and not apologizing, you know, I'm taking a day and I'm driving two and a half hours to the beach. I'm going to, I'm going to surf and I'm going to, I'm going to allow myself to be human. I'm going to allow myself to feel the fullness of the emotional spectrum. I think one of the things often for people of colors that we're often called to forgive before we've even had a chance to grieve and be angry and allowing myself the fullness of the emotional states that come with that come with trauma without feeling pressured to feel bad or feel like I should do anything, allowing myself to you know to practice mindfulness and be wherever wherever I was in the moment. Were very again, were very conscious decisions because I felt that Again, that enraged by, it, and also that cowering to it. I just want to stay in the house. I don't, you know, I don't want my children to go out. I don't want to go out. You know, my son is a teenager. I want to keep him close, you know, and, and fighting that urge because developmentally he needs to explore. He's in that developmental stage. And so, um, and so understanding what that push and pull was and allowing myself gradually at times. To, to take steps to, to resist it and, and defining for myself what resistance looked like. And for me, choosing joy, choosing self-care, right? Knowing that racism is designed to take that from you was very, very important. Wow. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. That's really interesting. And I think that it's a really good point that sometimes we don't, you know, constantly think about that the design of it, the, the point of it is to wear you down. It mm-hmm. is to exhaust you. It is to be as psychologically and emotionally taxing as Excellent. possible so that it just destroys you and you don't have much left. I know that you talked about the most stressful thing about your job is to make sure that you are getting in that mm-hmm. self-care part. Are there any other things that keep coming up in terms of making it a challenge to get in your self-care on a, on a regular basis?
1: Um, I think uh, so being an entrepreneur, um, especially during COVID, you just saw businesses closing. And so I think for myself, it was like, OK, I need to make sure we are at capacity, um, which was not wise, (laughs) because, because at capacity in this work means that you are literally in four different places or, you know, working with, you know, X number of, of people. And so that, that made it hard because you're just too tired. I'm too tired to get up to meditate. I'm too tired to take a bath. I'm, I'm going to finish this meeting and pass out on the bed, you know, and then, because because I haven't allowed myself to decompress, I'm waking up thinking of what I have to do in four hours. I'm waking, you know, and so and so I'm not immune to that. And so I think for me, I know how I want to see myself or how I want to to show up. Also recognizing moments where I have burned out, and and you know, at the end of last year was burned i mean just just exhausted from covid personally to professionally to you know my own children being virtual um, and not and again so my children being home virtually but then wanting to rev up and make sure the business stayed afloat there's a there's a gap there because you have children who need you too and then you're taking more clients and there's a disconnect and so you know and then and then your own self and so so that also was a difficult i'll say difficult and yet very clarifying moment for what I did not want to repeat this year, you know, through that, through that difficulty and saying like, oh, you gotta, you have to stop. Like, you're not, you're not going to do another year like this. What does it bring clarity to, to at uh, clarity um, to you as to what it is that is needed for your family? What is it needed for yourself? And, and how do you, how do you make that, how do you make that step in that correction, that di- step in that direction?
0: Right. hmm So great. There's so many great things that you've put into place for yourself. And it sounds like it's all through going on and trial and error and learning what works and learning what doesn't work. And then, you know, I think what you said is so important, because I think it is just as important to know what you don't want to go through and what you don't want to, you know, put up with as what you want for yourself Mm -hmm. and where you do want to be. And I think that's a that's a really good point. Can you tell us a little bit more about your practice? I know you told us a ton mm-hmm. about it, but is there any additional stuff that you want to talk about? Any you know other projects you have coming up? So
1: or- yeah, so we oh thank you so much. Um, so yes, yeah, so Sage Wellness Group is we're getting ready to scale, but also, um, we are launching the It's Dr. Tara brand. So Sage Wellness Group right now works pr- primarily with businesses, and one of the things that came up from that was the need to for more direct communication with the community, and so. Um, we have a I have a YouTube channel Dr. Tara Dodi um, where we do something called Dr. Tara Tuesdays, but we're getting ready to launch the Dap It's Dr. Tara community, and so um, on. Hi, April, yes, thank you. On April first, uh, it's Dr. Tara will go live, um, where we will be talking about you know self care. We'll be releasing a workbook. Um, around self care and and practical strategies, and just connecting with self. And we have resources for for parents. We have resources for men and mental health. Um, one of the things that the is Dr. Tar community has shown is that men also desire spaces, right? Especially Black men, um, for healing and restoration. And then also just regular self care techniques. What what does it look like for me and and tailoring, um, self care to fit into what I'm doing? I don't have to add anything. I can just um, I don't have to add any or do anything extra. I can just put it into my life. So we're, I'm very excited about that. So it's drtara.com. Yes. It's drtara.com. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Okay. Um, and that's the best way for people to get in contact with you? Absolutely. Or they can follow me on IG. Um, I'm at it's drtara on both IG and Twitter and also on Facebook as well. And people are welcome to connect with me there. Um, if they want to send me an email admin at sage, S-A-G-E wellness group, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S group, group, dot com admin at sagewellnessgroup.com as well.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you so much again, Dr. Tara, for being here. This has been very informative and just really enjoyable. So thank you. Um, thank you. So, thank you so much for the opportunity and thank you for, um, creating this space for people.
1: Thank you. Mm -hmm. You're,
0: You're welcome. I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to previous episodes of of the show, but what I do at the very end um, is I do something called the finisher, which okay. is a question or a few questions that have nothing to do with self care mm-hmm. or mental health. Yes. They're just random mm-hmm. questions because I like random questions. Yes, I also um, like random questions. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So, your question is: Let's see what was your what was your favorite television show
1: in middle school. Probably the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air or Martin. Oh. So the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was probably more wholesome. Martin was probably like, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's
0: watch Martin. Right. Martin was Martin.
1: <laughs> Martin was Martin, yes.
0: Okay, very nice. Mm-hmm. And what are the top three destinations
1: on your travel bucket list? Uh, so Tanzania, um, definitely Tanzania, um, possibly Sedona. I've been there once and I had a great time. And then somewhere, I don't care, in the Caribbean where I can get some good, so maybe Jamaica or Trinidad, I'm thinking of roti and jerk chicken. So yes. Mm -hmm. Yes.
0: Oh, that's excellent. Oh, now you've made me hungry.
1: Yes. Okay.
0: All right. Again, Dr. Tara Doty, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. You're welcome. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for the Self-Care Chronicle. If you enjoyed today's show, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Also, be sure to subscribe to the Self-Care Chronicle on your favorite podcast platform. To find out more about today's episode, or to listen to additional episodes, visit DrMarshaBrown.com. See you next time.